Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Well, hello there, guys. Thank you so much for joining this podcast episode today. I'm really looking forward to having my guest, Jessica Pekush, on today to talk about what it looks like to run her nutrition business with one-on-one clients, doing meal planning and prepping, running workshops, and doing corporate wellness sessions. Uh, We have a really honest and open conversation about what it looks like to start your business. And for Jessica herself, she went from having her nutrition and culinary business part-time and has now moved into a full-time role with it. So we talk about what that looks like, the realities behind that, and how she spends her time not just doing one-on-one consulting, but lots of different offerings in her business. So Jessica is a culinary nutrition expert, certified holistic nutritional consultant, and is an educator at heart. Uh, She dedicates her passion for culinary and holistic nutrition towards helping others attain their most vibrant state of health and wellness. With a core focus on optimal digestive functioning, Jessica's nutritional approach encompasses a variety of whole foods, therapeutic foods, and from scratch culinary techniques using dairy-free, gluten-free, and refined sugar-free recipes. So she does focus on digestive health, but she talks a lot about how she's not only taken that in a one-on-one sphere, but um, includes that in a workshop settings and also corporate wellness settings, you know, something that a lot of us want to try out, but we just don't know how to get started. So listen to this conversation to actually learn from Jessica how she's built her business on all of these different offerings. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm excited to have a conversation with you. Yeah, um, it's really exciting to have you on and dig in more into basically what I'm seeing this conversation is as like a practical, like how do you apply, you know, your nutrition certification and for you specifically, you have culinary certification, you know, how do you take what you learned in school and actually apply it to a business and, and, you know, make it a thriving business model. So um, yeah, thank you for being here and agreeing to talk about this. So I would love for you to just start off by telling us a bit about your story, what brought you to nutrition and a bit about your certification um, and what you do in your business now. For sure, absolutely. Uh, Well, like many who work in the field of health and wellness, or specifically nutrition, uh, my journey into this field and working full-time in this field now very much came about by my own personal journey and health challenges I experienced starting in my 20s. So uh, I'll just take you back to January of 2004. I was just about to start my final semester of university. I was training to be an elementary school teacher and was on that home stretch toward my final practicum in schools and and moving into the workforce full time, when I started having um, bowel related symptoms, uh, elimination symptoms, and my mother recognized Mm -hmm. them right away because she had managed what would come to be the same diagnosis for me uh, in herself in her 20s. And so I found myself um, with my first colonoscopy at about age 22 at that time, and with a diagnosis of mild to moderate ulcerative colitis, a, a form of inflammatory bowel disease, which was the exact same diagnosis uh, my mom had experienced earlier, as I mentioned. 
And so it, it was a tumultuous first two years of settling down active inflammation that I'd never experienced before and experimenting with a few different short-term medications to settle down that inflammation. At the same time, I was wrapping up university and moving into what is a mentally, emotionally, and physically demanding career, yet very rewarding career. So it was a, a tricky time for me because uh, it was very much all-consuming at that time. And I was learning how to manage that and shift my diet in, in ways that I could manage as I was transitioning from university to employment. Uh, so those first two years were, were tricky and challenging. I, I changed my diet as much as I could with what I knew at that time. Uh, but it did take me several years until fast forward to about January 2012, uh, several years later, where I've just hit that rock bottom, like many people do, and you're sick and tired mm -hmm. of feeling sick and tired. And you just take the bull by the horns. And you say to yourself, enough is enough, time to make some more drastic changes, because I know I can manage this better. And I know I can feel better day to day than how I'm feeling right now. And, you know, during my 20s, into my early 30s, I was doing a lot of cooking at home, but I hadn't really exposed myself to a whole lot of new ingredients or new recipes or expanded beyond the regular food stores I was shopping at. I, I very much through my 20s knew what I knew growing up and, you know, types of dishes, types of food combinations that I knew growing up and just hadn't had that growth spurt in that way. Mm. Um, so January 2020, 2012 was my first nutritional con uh, consultation, it was actually with an institute near Boston, the Cushy Institute, and I had a macrobiotic diet uh, themed consultation, and that's kind of the first evolution of my diet at that time. And uh, because it's very specific and particular, I found myself at health food stores more more than ever, um, Asian markets and new types of grocery stores, trying out new ingredients, reading new recipes, just spending much more time in my kitchen cooking from scratch than I ever had before, and started to have more of a final, finally a shift from more refined processed foods to more of a whole foods, plant-based diet. And that's really where it started. Uh, from there, I found myself eating, sleeping, and breathing nutrition and cooking uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the time that I wasn't teaching. And with teaching with, you know, all the germs and the body sharing the same space, it was really difficult with an, uh, an immune compromised position or a situation to stay well in that environment. So uh, at the same time, I was developing this passion as a, as a side hobby because it was necessary. I was also hitting a wall in my career where I was having trouble staying well and keeping up with the demands, despite how much I love the work. Um, yeah. I was living in Toronto at the time after moving out there in 2007 and shortly before I moved back to Alberta in 2015, I discovered the culinary nutrition expert program through Megan Telfner and the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. And I knew I had to uproot everything I was doing with my career to feel better and just experience an even better quality of life. Um, because my symptoms at that point were largely in remission now. From the changes to my diet, I had reduced medications, I had come off medications, I was in a very different place, and I knew I could keep that going, but I knew I had to make some drastic changes in order to experience that comfort. So uh, upon moving back to Alberta in 2015, uh, I, I terminated teaching contracts, I was moving to a new city anyways, I dialed back the teaching to substitute teaching where I had flexibility with my work schedule. And I went back to school, and that's where the formal education started. 
I, I did the culinary nutrition expert program in the fall of 2015. Right after that was done, um, as I was still substitute teaching, uh, I was starting to build a blog in January of uh, 2016. And later that summer, in August 2016, I launched culinary nutrition services in the form of cooking classes for the public, one-on-one and small group. And that was my first formal launch of my business on a smaller scale. And immediately the next month in September of 2016, I went through the CSNN Calgary program on the Calgary campus uh, through night school. I was still substitute teaching, part-time teaching at the time. And after I finished that program in the summer of 2017, I expanded my website and services to include holistic nutritional assessments and, and that scope of practice. So uh, now it's been two years, just about two years, since I finished those two successive programs and um, and in the thick of it. And life looks very different than it did many years ago. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that's a, that's a um, adventure. <laughs> Didn't know what else to say. That's an adventure you went on, you know, a lot of, you know, changes. And um, I think that so many people can relate to that idea of, you know, I, I'm not, I'm sick and work might be making me sick yes. or being in a work scenario is like not improving my health. I mean, that was actually the case for me as well. I had the chronic migraines and a lot of digestive issues and I worked reception, you know, people mm-hmm. coming in all the mm-hmm. time, new people, lots of like different energies. And like, it just was draining to me, sure. even though I loved it. So I, um, I totally relate to what you're saying. And um, it's really inspiring to hear that, you know, you made that decision to take the step back, really work on your health, still incorporate the teaching, which you love, but do it in a way that was like better suited for you with for this sure. new career path moving forward. For sure. And I think just education is my passion at its core. So to just be educating now in a different capacity and setting with adults versus children. Um, you know, I'm still pursuing that love of education just in a different, in a different place. <laughs> More comfortably. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's so cool that we can still use our skills in such a different way. Maybe not the way we, we set out to use them, but then, you know, it ends up coming into our business somehow because it's so natural to us anyways. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I would love it if you could, because I haven't talked about this on the podcast before, um, the difference between um, you taking like a culinary training um, mm. versus a holistic nutrition training, um, because I also took the uh, Academy of Culinary Nutrition program, so I know what you're talking about. But mm-hmm. for those listening, you know, what would be the main differences you saw taking and how do they complement one another in your business? Mm-hmm. For sure. They complement each other extremely well. And Uh, In the case with me, I took that culinary program before CSNN, but I do have several classmates from night school that did the program right after CSNN uh, and very much benefited from it in that order as well. Uh, So for me, the culinary program, because it's so structured, uh, every week is a new culinary module. There are video demonstrations of the recipes from start to finish that you are then executing. Uh, it's, it's, its main difference is the fact that you are in your kitchen doing hands-on from scratch cooking every single week. Every module has a different theme. So you're either doing anything from juices and smoothies to therapeutic desserts or elixirs or main dishes, um, working with sea vegetables. Your Those assignments force you to get out into the store beyond what you might already have in your pantry or your fridge expose yourself to new ingredients and then get right in there and start using them and learn how to use them in a recipe and what they taste like, what nutrients they're providing. But um, 
that structure and sequence and ability to be accountable to someone in terms of getting right in there and doing the hands-on work with food uh, was the main focus and is extremely beneficial just because we don't have that component in the holistic nutritional program that we did, uh, which has since been added. I know it, at least in Calgary, they do have um, uh, a culinary aspect they've added in as a, as mm-hmm. a add-on uh, the next year. But uh, the ability to work through all kinds of meals and beverages and snacks with a variety of different therapeutic foods and looking looking at um, the functional properties of those foods. I mean, we learn about the variety of vitamins and minerals and antioxidant nutrients theoretically, but then really identifying those functional foods and working with them and knowing how to best prepare them and cook them to maximize those nutrients. It just is full application of the theoretical understanding and so uh, and the focus is very much is on the process um, as mm-hmm. well as the product but very much the process and reflecting on what went well what was challenging what would I do differently the next time which inevitably sparks this um, this skill set in recipe development because you learn mm-hmm. how to manipulate flavors and ingredients in terms of modifying other people's recipes to adapt them and make them your own or to make recipes from scratch. So it really just develops that practical application and understanding of, of how to cook those foods and then how to um, guide others in a hands-on situation in their own home or in public scenarios. So you very much get that theoretical background, the research-based component. Um, there's a lot of overlap with holistic nutrition, but that hands-on component is key. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, everything you said was, you know, what I felt like I got out of it as well. Um, and it was really taking that, I, I did the opposite way of you. I went to CSN, mm-hmm. you know, nutrition school first, then culinary school, um, or took the culinary program. And the way I saw it was, you know, I had that like, um, educational aspect of like understanding certain foods, what they do in our body, why they're doing certain things, you know, like what to avoid, what to include, those kind of things. But then the um, in the schooling I took, we had to do case studies on clients and write up meal plans. And by far, the meal plan section was the hardest for me. It took me a really long time and I struggled with it because I was just used to eating the same foods. So when I then came out into practice and was helping other clients, you know, I had to have more variety, more creativity. I needed to like hands on know what foods were like, how they were cooked best, you know, what ingredients went together. And the culinary nutrition program really, really helped me with that. Um, And for me, my biggest takeaway I know we're going to talk about this a bit more with you as well, but my biggest takeaway was that it gave me confidence to teach workshops, to teach food workshops, because I wasn't doing that previously. And then that ended up being like one of the biggest components in my business. When I brought in the culinary aspect, I was like, oh, okay, I don't just have to talk about food all the time. I can demo it and show Mm -hmm. people how to like get in their kitchen and actually make it. Exactly. I would fully fully agree with you. And it also, um, you know, unless you've done it yourself, you don't know how truly labor intensive it is or time intensive mm-hmm. it is. I mean, you can look at those details on a recipe, but until you've tried it, you don't, you, you, uh, once you've tried it, you know whether, whether it's a best fit for a client in terms of their skill set and the time they're willing to devote to meal preparation and cooking and that sort of thing. So you can more closely align those factors as well. But you're right. It certainly provides you so much more exposure to ingredients and recipe types that you can much more easily expand the scope of the types of recipes you put into a meal plan. 
Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So I'm really curious, you know, with your journey of kind of like um, slowing down at work, shifting and taking the two different programs, you know, where are you at now in terms of like how much time are you spending in your nutrition business? Is it part-time for you? Is it full-time? Why don't you just break it down for us so we can understand fully? For sure. Um, You know, from the time I went to culinary school in 2015 to now has been about four years. So I was um, teaching part-time those four years while um, being either in school or building my business or both. So I've taken that chunk of time to really work to establish my name and my brand in my community here in Calgary and gradually build my client base. I knew I would come to the point where I felt like that teaching safety net could disappear at some point. And I didn't reach that point until this past June. Uh, The last two years, I did take a part-time teaching contract a couple days a week. So I was still teaching part-time because I needed to. But I knew that uh, I I would come to the point where I I felt like I wasn't meant to be there anymore and it was time to leave. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've just recently made that transition in the last few months. And the reason I felt comfortable to do so was, uh, number one, I have regular clients contacting me through my website and calling me. Uh, every week. And I also take referrals from uh, a gastroenterologist at the UFC hospital here in Calgary. So that's another source of clients. Uh, I'm also now receiving referrals from past clients um, through the past few years of working with clients from a variety of sources. And a few naturopaths have actually referred clients my way, either because they found me on the internet or from a referral from one of their clients who did a culinary session with me, for example, who then mm-hmm. mentioned my name and my services to their ND or another type of practitioner. So I have a regular flow of one-on-one clients, uh, although I'm not strictly relying just on -on one-on-one client income. Uh, I do, I am a program coach for the culinary nutrition expert program. So I'm involved with that opportunity every September to January uh, every year. Uh, And then I have built um, a pretty regular flow of corporate wellness sessions, which we'll get into a little bit deeper here too, in terms of the nature of that service in terms of regular speaking presentations uh, throughout the year. So because, and it did take a few years to get to that point, of course. So because I've got this more regular flow going uh, and things look very different than even a couple of years ago, um, it was, it was tough to, for me to have my head and my hands split between two different professions in the, in the past several months, because I knew that the time I was spent teaching, which I needed at the time, was time away from building more momentum with my business. So in capitalizing on the momentum I've built and just realizing that the classroom is not the place where I'm no longer or any longer meant to be, uh, I've just chosen to make that shift and continue to tap into different opportunities like working with local companies, uh, brand ambassadorships and demos around the city. So I it's continuously evolving, but I do feel that now that... Um, I'm in one field and not two. Um, I'm just more productive with my time and I have enough Mm -hmm. income to sustain me. And the teaching is still a cushion. I can still do some substitute teaching days as soon as school starts up. Uh, If I have a free day and an assignment comes my way, I can take it. So it's still there at a distance, but in terms Mm -hmm. of contracts, teaching contracts are over. But it, it was a combination of having enough momentum and realizing that with income over recent months and just that feeling that it's now time to take the full leap and that will look Mm -hmm. different for everybody in terms of income and comfort level I mean working from home and working on my own terms is such 
it couldn't be more of a dramatic shift from being a full-time employee for 15 years. So it's taken some getting used to, and there are definitely uncomfortable days because it's uh, not something I've been doing for very long in the big picture. And uh, being a full-time employee was all I ever knew. But uh, the more momentum I gain and the more experiences I have in terms of paid clients or speaking opportunities, the more it just fuels me to keep going. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think it's funny. I think we have a lot of parallels. Like my, my nutrition business was very, very similar where it was one-on-ones, workshops, corporate wellness, meal planning, prepping, basically almost the exact same um, mm-hmm. as yours. And I found that I needed a lot of those different things, different components to be able to make a full-time income. It was hard for me, mind you, um, I wasn't necessarily following the most strategic plan with having a signature program, you know, one offering, like doing a lot of online marketing. A lot of my marketing was in person. So -hmm. considering that I was really just reaching that in-person market, um, but able to sustain an income. So I didn't have to go back to a job. Like I, I was really happy to be able to pull in the culinary aspect, pull in the nutrition aspect and, and kind of play up like different opportunities. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. feeling like, you know, okay, how am I going to sustain myself on just like one, one model here, one mode, you know, to bring in the money. But do you agree that like, it makes the most sense for you financially, as well as creative, like in a creative way to have like all of these different aspects to your business? For sure. I definitely need the variety um, in terms of interest as opposed to um, honing in on just one or two services. And Mm -hmm. um, because I've created a lot of content over the last few years through individual protocols or corporate wellness session presentations uh, and meal plans, I find that I'm also now uh, able to increase my offerings or availability for speaking presentations or otherwise, because I've built up all this content I can now draw from. Whereas in the beginning, I'm creating this stuff from scratch until I have one version of this presentation or that presentation or this type of protocol. So now that I can pull pieces from different sources, from different, um, from across my scope of services and different means of income, uh, I just find it to be beneficial in in increasing my offerings and, and continuing to gain momentum. And I do focus on multiple types of content at one time. So uh, in the background, I've been building a signature online program for the past several months, I, I went through the Wellness Business Academy training. I have all that mm-hmm. content available to me. So I'm about three quarters through a 12-week digestion-focused program and hoping to beta test it in January and then launch it a few times a year after that. So I've, I'm gradually chipping away at that in the background um, amidst these other services. And uh, I do, I have taken advantage of short-term or longer-term opportunities with small local businesses here in Calgary. One was a bone broth company, which I still am associated with. And now I'm working with the kombucha tap room and brewery, um, you know, doing some behind the scenes work with them from home and doing demos mm-hmm. around the city and educating people about digestion, promoting products that align with my niche um, so that I do have that income in addition to my services, but it's all in the same field um, as opposed Definitely. to, you know, part-time teaching where there's some overlap in services or overlap in skills, but they are completely two different worlds. So I think that's another opportunity is, is how can you tap into um, part-time opportunities in the place that you live with local businesses, think about your niche and, and which products you love and, and how you can be involved with those businesses without it taking away from the time you want to spend on your business. And again, that will look different for everybody, but that's what works for me. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that that makes a ton of sense. And I know a lot of people, uh, I don't know, I, I feel conflicted saying this because sometimes I truly do believe that, let's say if you had a full-time job and you're trying to grow your business, it's going to be a, more than likely a lot harder Mm-hmm. to put enough attention into the business to see it grow fast enough that you can then go down to part-time hours in your job or or leave your full-time job. Right. Um, so sometimes I can see the benefit of like not having, you know, quote unquote, a plan B and going full in. But there are a lot of situations and for a lot of people, you know, you might have family, kids, you might have like real interest and love for your current job and you're not ready to let it go. Um, or you still need to bring in some kind of income, you know, sometimes just having a plan B doesn't work, you need to have something else, you know, bringing in income or yeah, just like bringing an extra some extra like value to your life. So I'm I'm glad that you talked about, you know, the part time job could be your current job if you're in one, or it could be something completely in the field, doing demoing, doing you know, meal prepping, making maybe meal plans, um, working with a local company, like these are all really, really good options, where if you're really looking to have that side income, it can still be related to what you want to do long term with your business. For sure, for sure. And, and, and listeners can realize that in my situation, I don't have children. So I'm not, um, that's just not a component of my life at the present time. So that's going to be, uh, you know, a determining factor. And, you know, it, it depends on the degree of your monthly expenses. For myself personally, with my partner, our expenses are, are pretty low for each of us, uh, and we and we don't have children in the picture. So, uh, just to give some context for my situation mm-hmm. uh, beyond what I've already described, that's my present situation. So that is why this might be a bit more comfortable or much more comfortable of a situation for me than um, someone with a larger family or other situ- other circumstances, right? So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everything's so different for each one of us. Mm-hmm. I just see a lot of people coming out into the wellness space now. And, you know, it's so common. I- I'm guilty of doing this sometimes too, but it's so common for us to like see someone that's five or 10 years in and say, why aren't I at that place yet? Right? Mm-hmm. Like I should be making the same amount of money. I should have the same amount of success. But I love talking to people like you or some of my other guests who are like, you know, really doing the work and saying like, hey, it hasn't been this like, I'm out of school and I'm making $10,000 a month. It's just like, (laughs) right? It's a slow growth where it's like, you know, you're really building on that foundation. So whatever you need to do, whether that's a part-time job, relying on a partner, you know, keeping a full-time job, like, so you can grow your business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because I think a lot of us will go full in and it doesn't happen quick enough. And then we give up. So I love talking to someone like you, who's like, you know, it's taken how many, how many years has it been for you? I guess four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it's like, okay, I'm at the point where I can shift out of part-time work and do my nutrition business Mm -hmm. and my culinary business full time. So yeah. Thank you for being really like open and honest about that because it does take time for sure. For sure. And it does require a certain level of that self-discipline in order to keep going. I mean, I, I find myself to be a very highly motivated, self-disciplined person uh, and very organized. And I think teaching, like speaking about skill sets that help you from previous careers, mm-hmm. I mean, if um, like so many skills from education in teaching helped me, you know, manage my time and be organized and be punctual because I'm accountable to many different people, adults and children. And I think just all those skills, which I also 
exemplified as a teenager and um, in my adolescence just really have allowed me to carry through working on my own and being accountable to myself when no one else is, when you're accountable to no one else but yourself uh, and have Mm -hmm. no one to report to. So I think, um, you know, either if it's developing those skills more greatly in yourself or they're already there, I mean, those are things that are going to help keep you moving forward um, so that if you were to make that full shift, um, that you'd be motivated and driven enough to do so and and find yourself and feel like you're moving forward day to day. Because yeah, it really absolutely. does require, you know, like I, I just set those goals every Sunday night. I reevaluate them uh, every night as the week unfolds as to what is greatest priority for the next day, who I need to connect with. But it's a constant process of um, connecting with new people and creating content for social media or nourishing your e-community through your newsletter. Like there's so many moving pieces, which are, you know, of course, overwhelming to be doing at once, but just kind of knowing how to divvy up your time and prioritize things is a piece of it too. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I I completely agree. I think what I see in my clients or in my students that come to my group program is, you know, the people who are motivated and have a bit of that fire under their butt Mm -hmm. and are self-disciplined, or at least maybe it's not a natural skill, but they're willing to learn or lean into that becoming a skill for them. Those are really the people that I see succeeding and and making steps forward. Um, So I think like, just like you, you know, having that already as part of your personality, you're just that step ahead, right? So, you know, for those of you listening, if you feel like I'm not that organized, or I'm not that good with time management, like, it's okay, you can totally learn that as a skill. Honestly, that is what happened for me. I wasn't, even though I came from a corporate administrative background, I still had to really relearn, like, how to self manage, because you can manage a team, or you can be part of a team and, and um, be organized. But when you're on your own, that's like a whole different ballgame. For sure. And those skills can certainly be developed. And it's not to say that for me, any of these services doing them the first time were comfortable, they weren't the least bit comfortable. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with every corporate wellness presentation or new client I still meet, I still have butterflies in my stomach, it's still uncomfortable, but you, you settle into it right when you get going. And it does get easier over time, but it does require putting yourself out there time and time again to get to the point of it feeling more comfortable but it's uncomfortable for all of us <laughs> when we're doing something exactly. new or getting started so uh there are, there are, i'm sure there are very few exceptions to that <laughs> oh yeah i like to think even like the biggest names in the industry are probably still sweating you know sure. the deodorant <laughs> in between yeah. you know client sessions you know we all get nervous i mm-hmm. i get nervous almost every time i do the podcast my palms get a bit sweaty and i'm like yeah. <gasps> I cancel <laughs> it's my first and then I do it and I'm like no this is great right so yeah. I completely agree that it's like sometimes it's putting ourselves out there doing it the one time and mm-hmm. then you know that that just kind of ends up snowballing for sure so why don't we now jump into I would really love for you to share with everyone like a little bit more about all of those specific offerings that you have sure. so you said you do one-on-one workshops corporate wellness meal planning and prepping so what does each one look like for you in your for business sure. Uh, so the one-on-one coaching is typically uh, a comprehensive holistic nutritional assessment like I learned to do in CSNN. Uh, I do use the Holistic Nutrition Hub platform uh, for mm-hmm. a digital intake form. So there's about five or six different components to those forms, which very much mimic the CSNN forms because they were developed by a CSNN grad uh, out of BC. But now it's more of their own proprietary form. So it's 
it's very much like the CSNN form with a few slight differences, but nothing um, more than subtle differences that I felt comfortable using them and interpreting them and analyzing them. So um, I, I send the client to those various parts of the intake form. I also send them a seven-day digital food and symptom journal for the larger picture of their day-to-day -day diet beyond um, what I learn about them in our initial free consultation together when we meet each other. And, uh, and then I generate those dietary and lifestyle recommendations based on those digital intake forms, supplement recommendations that are strategic if they would benefit from them, and then a customized recipe bundle that highlights key foods and nutrients that I know they would benefit from in recipes um, based on the analysis of those intake forms. So um, I do use That Clean Life, which has, I know you've you've um, mm -hmm. interviewed Abigail, a great interview uh, that like many people have mentioned, saved me in terms of time and efficiency from what I was doing uh, within the first year of my business. So um, I do include uh, a customized recipe bundle. It's about 35 to 40 recipes. It's seven different breakfasts, 14 different snack ideas and 14 different lunch slash dinner interchangeable recipe ideas. Um, as part of that package and that package between those recommendations and the recipe bundle uh, also includes the first 45 minute follow-up appointment anywhere from four to 12 weeks down the road whatever is mutually decided between the client and I but that's the main way in work in which I work with clients one-on-one -on -one. and uh, if a client doesn't have the need for that nutritional assessment or they're working with other practitioners and they already know exactly what they need to do. They just need the culinary or holistic nutritional support based on what they already know about their present state of health. Um, then that's where the meal planning and meal prepping uh, service comes in where I might have that initial consult with a client and learn what I do about them through our initial conversation face-to-face -face in a seven-day food and symptom journal, and we just go straight to the customized recipe bundle, uh, bypassing the assessment with the written recommendations. So um, that's the second way in which I work with clients one-on-one. -on -one. And I find with those recipe bundles, uh, I, I offer the option that they're a seven-day structured plan, but I find more often than not that clients aren't looking for that level of structure. They're looking for new recipe ideas they can incorporate mm -hmm. into what they're already doing at their own pace. And for my highly motivated clients who are already doing so many wonderful things for themselves, they can take charge of that and be accountable to themselves in terms of trying out those new recipes on a regular weekly basis. Whereas with other clients who want more accountability and support, um, I can schedule that through email, phone, or a, a digital check-in form every week or every two weeks for them to be accountable to someone in terms of how many new recipes they tried and how they went and any challenges or the successes that they had. Um, but those are the two levels of depth with which I work one-on-one -on -one with clients most often. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I can relate to that. It's very similar to what I offered as well. And I just wanted to point out that the note of um, you find that clients aren't necessarily wanting like a structured meal plan, but more re uh, recipe like booklets yeah, or recipe like resources. Mm -hmm. I find the same. Yeah. And I, I usually try to recommend that to my clients. Like, don't feel like you have to give a structured like seven day meal plan. It can look any way that is going to be the most beneficial for your clients. For sure. For sure. And uh, typically how that one-on-one -on -one process starts is either through an email, through my website or uh, an email, um, 
through my website email or through my email without going through the contact form on my website or a phone call. Uh, for some clients, they've perhaps taken a pretty thorough look at my website and they're just ready to go. They don't need that face-to-face free 30-minute discovery consultation that I offer, which I prefer to have. But in some cases, I, I hit it off with a client over the phone. They're ready to go. They're ready for me to start programming for them and for me to send me the send them my intake form so it might look like that or more often than not it's that face-to-face meeting for 30 minutes I learn as much as I can about them I have prompting questions uh, that actually uh, one of your former episodes um, helped relay for me what those questions could be in terms of refining what Mm. it requires so that was very helpful thank you and um, (laughs) we take that 30 minutes to establish that uh, I do have my two administrative forms, my nutritional consulting waiver and my payment cancellation refund policy. So in the face-to-face discovery session, I'll often email those once we book that discovery session, just as a heads up. These are, this is how the process starts before I start consulting so that they can read that and see it in advance if they choose to look at it. And then I always have mm-hmm. hard copies of those two forms at the free consult so that at the end of that 30 minutes, if they're ready to go, we, we go through those forms and sign off on them together. Or if they prefer to take them with them and scan them back to me, uh, they can do that too. And if I don't have that face-to-face discovery session with someone, then I'm simply just emailing the forms after a phone call and they're scanning them back to me. Um, but I do take the payment uh, up front 100% for these customized services. Uh, through interact- you transfer or credit card through my Square Reader device. And then once that's all set, we're ready to go. So that's uh, that's what precedes the actual uh, consulting from how I've set it up for myself. Yeah, no, that's really helpful um, for you to share because I think a lot of people are like, how do I go about that? How do I do it? And, um, you know, it can look so many different ways, but I, I think that, you know, accepting payment beforehand, doing forms beforehand, that's a really good process. Um, it also keeps your client a little bit more accountable. So they show up and they attend the sessions and they do the work as well. For sure. And I haven't had any challenges with the 100% payment up front uh, because the, if the client is right for you and they're committed to the process, then they're ready to get going and they can understand that. I simply explain it as, you know, from the date we choose to start working together, I'm actively starting to work on your content and and your material material for you and and that uh that goes without saying in terms of them understanding that process um, but i know it looks very different in terms of what happens at that first or second appointment with a client and how long it is and i tend to um, not have a, an appointment with the client to debrief their intake forms i i have that initial session with them i send them the intake forms and then i follow up with a phone call with any mm-hmm. questions I have about the intake forms uh, that I need them okay. to elaborate on or clarify. Um, and then when I meet with them next, it's to go through what I've prepared for them. And if there's any tweaks I need to make to that content while I'm in that 90 minute session with them, then I make it as I go. And then I send them the digital final version of that after that appointment has happened, if there were any changes to be made. Uh, so that's what works for me. Uh, you know, it looks different from person to person again, but uh, that's what I find works for me in terms of what the how many appointments I have with them at the start and what we're doing during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you for laying that out. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think it's great to hear different ways. You know, it doesn't have to be the one 
mm-hmm. kind of cookie cutter approach that, you know, everybody's doing it, you know, what's going to work best for you. Um, and I know a lot of people that actually will pre, I guess, in a sense, pre-prepare the plan um, based on the intake. And then like you do go over it in person or all over the phone and really like understand like, is this going to work? And then make tweaks as you go um, versus doing that all kind of after the initial meeting. So I think either way, you know, whatever is going to work for you as a practitioner is the way that you should go with this. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that's one-on-one. And then the meal prepping planning, was there any like uh, thing else you want to go in about that? Like in terms of is it always attached to one-on-one consulting or sometimes they, I think you did say sometimes they just want to go right for meal planning and prepping. Like, yeah, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. I'm finding ebbs and flows year to year and season to season in terms of whether I'm doing more nutritional assessments with recommendations in the meal plan or just meal plans. Uh, I'm finding that, um, as of recent, it's more of just going right into the recipe ideas. If people are in a rut, or again, they're already doing a number of great things for themselves. They just need new ways of preparing the ingredients they need and uh, some new ideas for meals, period. But um, regardless of whether the assessment happens or not, I always do the digital food and symptom journal just as an extra source of data and information for um, creating those recipes. Um, and then awesome. and, uh, I spend a few hours creating that and, and tweaking that and then um, that service has a 45 minute uh, debrief appointment after I've created the meal plan. And we just go through the recipes together on my computer. They're sent that meal plan a day in advance just to peruse it so that if they see any meals or snacks that they're definitely not inclined to make, even though I, I gave it my best shot with what I think they would enjoy, then they can bring that up during the 45 minute debrief. And I can know, you know, if there's any swaps I need to make before I send them the final recipe bundle so I also ensure during that time that uh, any new ingredients in those recipes I explain um, those recipes have recipe notes in them for any special considerations that need to be made but since I don't work out of a clinic or a commercial space I often do my consults in health food stores that have a sitting area or a a cafe area and that way um, if we're going through recipes and there's new ingredients they haven't seen before but they're certainly willing to try and add to their pantry then I can go point it out to them on the shelf and oh, I love show that. it right to them uh, which is really great that's such a brilliant well. idea mm-hmm. well so many people are like where do I run my consultations and I mean that was my problem for a really long time too I was like going to Starbucks and local coffee shops but it gets uncomfortable after a while when you're like sitting at the Starbucks talking about your client's poop yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like someone's drinking sure. their coffee right there <laughs> so I think a health food store um like a little cafe in a health food store makes so much sense I don't know why I never thought about that um that's brilliant because you know like you said you're everybody's kind of already in that mentality right even if you're talking about something like health related, you know, people are a little more inclined to like be supportive of that in like a health food store scenario. And then going being able to go and show people the products like that's brilliant. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic idea. Yeah, and the particular health food store I use here in Calgary has three different locations in three different parts of the city. So for most people, it works out, but the odd coffee shop or cafe appointment needs to happen. And I do offer to um, do the consult at their home. I've done a couple of those, not many of them. But I've been just fortunate to have positive, comfortable experiences to this point. Um, And and clients understand that if I'm working out of my home, and I could do the consults here 
I have offered that mm. uh, on certain cases. I haven't actually held them here, but it is an option. Um, mm -hmm. They've been well received that way. They understand that if I'm not working out of a commercial space, that that's how it needs to be done. And they, it's, they seem quite comfortable with that on their end when we're actually in that consult. So, so far, mm -hmm. so good <laughs> until another option yeah. arises. I mean, I never had problems um, as far as like my clients never told me they always seemed pretty comfortable. And I worked out of co-working spaces. I worked out of coffee shops. Um, people would come to my home. I'd go to people's homes. I will say, though, um, going to people's homes, I don't I, I don't know about you, but like that gave me a lot of anxiety. Um, <laughs> I must have like a lot of trauma and fear because I would go and I'd be like really nervous. And I'd always text my partner Craig and say, if I'm not out in an hour, yeah. something went wrong. <laughs> Call the police. Um, and every time it was fine. But uh, but for me, it was too, um, it gave me too much anxiety. And then the other thing with going to people's homes that I just want to point out, I'm not sure if you do this, Jess, but for anyone else that's thinking of it, depending where you live, like if it's a big city, you might oh, want sure. to include the travel fee. Do you do yes, that? Yes, uh, I don't. And I've only done, I think I've only done one in-home consult uh, and it wasn't okay. too far away, but that's a very good point. Um, if you choose to pursue that option, yes, for sure, because you could be traveling a great distance. And um, yeah. I try to reserve doing that. Uh, if it's more of a situation of mobility or age totally. where it's just more logical uh for most people that's not the case it's not a problem to meet in a mutually convenient public place which is my preference um mm -hmm. but yeah mm -hmm. it, it tends to be more with those kinds of circumstances of course right and everybody's business is going to look different you might ha that might have to be the offering depending on who you're servicing right exactly. so um yeah, I just like to caveat that because I remember once I said yes to going to someone's house and it was like 45 minutes outside of the city, oh, which yeah. is like an hour and a half round trip. And yeah. by the time I got home, I was like, I probably made $10 an hour for that consult. Yeah. So, you know, just factoring in gas and time, sure. um, just make sure that you're not just doing it, you know, if that client is able to, you know, do something else, mm -hmm. meet somewhere else, make sure that you're, you know, suggesting that there's other options than that as well for sure and so, those two one-on-one -on -one services I described like the comprehensive mm -hmm. holistic nutritional assessment with recipe bundle or just the recipe bundle those are my two services that can be done online uh, with anyone mm -hmm. from you know Calgary or beyond so in some cases you know the travel might be just completely eliminated in favor of doing that over uh, Skype or FaceTime or Zoom um, because exactly. it's all digital content so that could prove to be the most convenient option for a client too. Totally. A lot of my clients were happy to meet once in person and then mm -hmm. move it fully online or, or over the phone. Um, you know, even if they lived five minutes away, they're like, oh, I can just chill out in my PJs and have our call. And, you know, it's relaxed then. People feel more comfortable if they're in their own space sometimes as well. For sure. They've met you. So, and, yeah. Like you said, they've met you and they now know who they're speaking to and the rest might look a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we wrap up, I want to make sure that we have time to talk about workshops and corporate wellness, because sure. I know this is something you excel in, you do a lot of this, I believe you've even done TV spots. Is that right? Uh, I've done one. Yes. Um, that came about, it was actually a random email from uh, one of our local news channels, uh, anchors on the weekend. Uh, and it totally caught me off guard because it was something I wanted to do. And I had touched base with a few contacts I have in Calgary who have contacts with 
um, those networks and nothing had come about that way. So I had just kind of put that on pause and, and stopped pursuing it because it is a tricky um, avenue to pursue because, you know, not just anyone can come into contact with the source. There's many different um, levels of communication you need to go through to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So it was a, just a great surprise that that came through as a random email. But um, yeah, I did do uh, my first five minute segment on a local news station here in Calgary uh, last month. And I've now mm -hmm. been added to their list to be there about every six months, which is typically the the uh, frequency for um, nutritional guests or other guests with the rotation of That's other guests that they have on their list. So I look forward to doing that a couple times a year and who knows that could spiral into appearing on other news stations as well, or it might just be within the one, but uh, that was a wonderful opportunity. Again, a lot of practice for my, for myself mm -hmm. behind the scenes and timing myself and rehearsing what I wanted to say and making sure I could get to the end of the demo within four to five minutes uh, all for yeah. just five minutes of live TV, but no one sees the behind the scenes of all the prep, but there was a lot of prep. And that's just what right. I need to feel comfortable in a situation I've never done before, especially when it's live and especially when it's broadcasted out to the public. Yeah. But uh, it was a very positive, relaxed experience when I was there and I look forward to doing it again. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. I mean, I nowadays feel more comfortable audio video but like I don't know if I could do that <laughs> I think going out there like that is like a bit nerve-wracking to me but I I'm sure like you said you do it the one time you're super nervous you want to get it right and then you're like okay that wasn't so bad I can yeah. do that again yeah and it's, it's just that fear of the unknown of you know what it's going to be like again until you've done it once and then whole different uh, ball game after you've done it once and know what to expect but, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I can certainly go into my two types of workshops here. Please, yeah. Uh, so the first are corporate wellness talks, and these are typically 60 minutes in duration, but they've also been known to be 30 or 45 minute sessions. But uh, I aim for them to be 60 minutes if possible. It's about 45 to 50 minutes of present interactive presentation time and about 10 minutes of Q&A at the end. Uh, and this started with me just brainstorming um, corporate businesses here in Calgary that either I had connections to through friends or family or that I would just find the human resources email on their website uh, and send an email as the first touch point through the human resources um, email on the website or through the general contact email on a business's website. One of the two, if you couldn't find a specific person in the HR department. And the first email would just briefly introduce who I am and what I do and the fact that I uh, offer corporate wellness, session, uh, corporate wellness sessions to the Calgary public and that uh, if this was something they were interested in pursuing or learning more about or had the budget to execute that I would then send along just a two-page PDF outlining all my service details and then the themes and brief descriptions of the talks that I offer and I was offering about five or six at the time which has maybe grown mm -hmm. to seven or eight over the last few years with new presentations I've created uh, but then they, that second touch point is the breakdown of the services, the cost, the payment, the themes, and that sort of thing. Uh, and so, yeah, for every many emails you send, you know, a few responses might come back. And I just have just consistently been trying to develop that master list of contacts and nurture the ones I've already visited um, every half year or every year. You kind of get a sense of how often they'd like something like that once you do one or two. And once they've had you in there and 
they know whether they'd like to have you back or not. Um, so uh, it's also been trying to tap into contacts I have that work in a way that I can form relationships with for corporate wellness sessions. So for example, uh, a good friend of mine who I went to night school at CSNN with works at a benefits brokerage company. So um, they're kind of the middle, the middle person, the liaison between benefits plans or benefit providers mm -hmm. and the employees and companies who receive those benefits, um, negotiating oh, the terms of benefit plans. So uh, I've just formed a partnership with that benefits brokerage company and now, you know, some of their clients I'm doing regular corporate wellness talks for around the city, especially if some of their clients have multiple clinics or multiple locations around the city that maximizes my reach within that one business I'm now connected to. So, um, yeah, it just it comes down to like I'm looking for a place that ideally has a boardroom with a projection screen mm -hmm. so that I can bring my presentation on a flash drive. I also bring my laptop with me and, and the connection cords to a data projector. I sort that out in advance. Um, but if they don't, if I can't do a visual presentation, which is ideal, then I just more do a more uh, do more of a roundtable discussion where it's just more intimate, mm -hmm. more a little bit more interactive and more conversational and informal, as opposed to a, a visual presentation. And those participants always have the most pertinent parts of my uh, presentation in a handout. And I also use that clean life for a mini recipe bundle. So any key foods mm -hmm. or nutrients I highlight in the theme of that presentation, I've pulled 10 recipes, meals and snacks that are seasonal that include those recipes and nutrients so that they have a practical way of taking the information from the presentation and applying it through some dishes or snacks at home, which they enjoy. Um, totally. And, and you add so much value that way too, right? Mm -hmm. They're leaving saying, Oh, I learned a lot. What am I going to do with this information? Right. They're like, I know what to do and it's going to taste great and it's exciting. And I mean, that clean life is also very visually pleasing to look yeah. at. Yeah. Um, so they are probably engaged and, you know, if anything, that's just going to have them telling friends that they had such a good time in your presentation. And then it's just that whole, like kind of the whole ball gets rolling, right? For you sure. get referrals, you get happy customers, so on and so forth. Which and, is I, and I throw some extra goodies in there. Uh, I'm a brand ambassador for Manitoba Hemp Harvest. So they have graciously sent me, you know, a hundred hemp heart sample, um, sample packs. So I, I put one of those on the package of handouts mm -hmm. um, and the local organic bone broth company I work with. I bring an urn of organic chicken broth with me. It's not a lunch and learn in terms of me preparing food. I used to do that, but then I no longer have a kitchen space to work in. And with the frequency of these presentations, I can't keep up with that as one person mm. and not being a catering company. So uh, I do bring the organic bone broth because it's usually mentioned in my presentation. Uh, regardless of the theme and that way they can try a local product and sip on it in addition to bringing their lunch into the presentation or maybe the, the, the host business caters and lunch for the staff attendees so um, but I do just add in those extra goodies just to round out this, the experience and then my other type of workshop are hands-on culinary nutrition workshops so this is one-on-one -on -one in a client's home for three and a half hours or small group workshops um, that I do in clients' homes if they want to gather a group of friends or family or colleagues together. It's usually up, uh, four to six participants uh, in a person's home, if not one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm just trying to secure a public kitchen in Calgary to do public culinary workshops uh, for the fall and winter here. But uh, for example, one-on-one, -on -one, it's, you know, it's taking that recipe bundle or those written recommendations I've created for the client and now guiding them through the hands-on support so they're more likely to carry it through themselves if they need 
that level of support. So I spend three and a half hours with the client in their kitchen. Uh, we decide on the recipes in advance. It's usually three to four um, main dish recipes that we batch prepare in that time. So they have the recipe handouts and uh, you know any infographics or any other tools that they benefit from during that session, I print off and bring as well. And they're left with you know three or four new recipes they know how to make. With my guided support, they've got food for days, their freezer is full, and it's typically, we're typically choosing recipes from their recipe bundle um, that are seem a little bit more daunting to them or a little bit more of a stretch for them that they'd like to learn, but they knew they'd know they'd probably uh, experience more comfort and success with if it were with someone else the first time as opposed to by themselves. And uh, for someone who hasn't purchased a recipe bundle or done an assessment with me, they might just book that culinary session because they just want some time with someone to learn some new recipes and the service starts yeah. there. There's different entry. entry yeah. Points. yeah, exactly. Not, I mean, and this is kind of going back to like really understanding your clients, you know, doing a few sessions, learning from them, tweaking as you go, because we might think that, Oh, well, everybody needs to like have, you know, wants to know how to like meal prep, you know, put stuff in the freezer, but maybe your clients really want to know just like how to use new flavors mm -hmm. and just to jazz up the meals they're already making. Right. So I think, um, I really like your point of view of like being open to what really the client wants and then adjusting your session to really supporting them with whatever would work best for them. For sure. And then, um, with that service, as with any of my other services, um, through the Holistic Nutrition Hub, and you can certainly create this yourself through Microsoft Word or otherwise, I do send a digital feedback form typically a couple weeks or within the month after the service. Uh, and I use that as constructive feedback uh, or, um, you know, any sort of feedback that will help me move forward. I also use that as mm -hmm. testimonial information for my website and uh, putting those testimonials through Canva to create a graphic for social media. So I always wrap up in a sense, even though I'm working ongoing with many clients, wrap up that that session with a little bit of closure with a feedback form before we move forward mm. with my next level of support or my next appointment with them, just as some, uh, some formal feedback. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you've given us so much here just to really think about in terms of like structuring your program, structure, structuring your offerings you know, running workshops that work for the client, um, corporate wellness. I mean, you've really given us so much um, goodies here <laughs> to really think. Um, I think you really just like help to lay out what a really um, organized, successful, multi-dimensional nutrition business could look like, you know, not just offering one-on-one -on -one, because that's not what everybody wants to do. Here's like lots of different elements that could be brought in to help you run that nutrition business that feels good to you. So thank you so much You're um, for going into all of this. I think I would just, I would just wrap up by saying that at the end of the day, when I was considering my services from the get go, number one, they had to be services I was comfortable doing even at the start. Uh, and then I was willing to do, and as I was describing the services and trying to calculate the rate I would charge, which is a whole other story because that evolves yeah. over time too. Uh, at the end of the day, they need to be things you are willing to do and are happy to do and find rewarding to do. Uh, you know, every December I sit down and I look back at the past year, which services were the most popular, which ones might I not offer anymore if there were no bites on those, or, you know, I just have no interest in offering that 
anymore. Like I do have a few services on my website that, um, for example, like grocery store and market tours or kitchen optimization and organization. I do those much more infrequently. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. should I continue to offer them? Am I willing to do them if someone contacts me, even though I don't do them as regularly? So it's this constantly evolving process of based on what I've done and how I've enjoyed those services I've offered, what do I want to continue to do? How would I describe them or tweak their descriptions so that uh, I'm reflecting what I want to offer based on what I've learned and what I do like and dislike, that sort of thing. So you, yeah. you, you learn, you learn more about it as you've executed those services, of course, but at the get go, really come at it from the point of, you know, what would I, what do I think I'd enjoy and what would I be happy to offer if someone were to call and ask to do it? Totally. And I think that that's like a really good sign of like, uh, entrepreneur, like an entrepreneurial mindset or business owner mindset, you know, um, really looking at your processes and not just doing them because they're part of the business model, right? You know, like, exactly. is this working or not working? Because why try to continue doing something that nobody wants that you don't like mm-hmm. doing, you know, trying to push that thing that's just not not working or right. happening? Why don't you just yeah. kind of eliminate that confusion or that overwhelm for people with, you know, sometimes people get decision overwhelm, like, when there's so many offerings, scale it back and then try something new, right? So mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. really appreciate that you brought that up. For sure. Mm-hmm. All Well, I guess we should wrap up. This was such a good conversation, though. And I feel like um, we could have taken it so many different ways, because you have, mm-hmm. like I said, such a wealth of knowledge in all of these different, like, multidimensional offerings. Um, but I'm so glad that people could get kind of that, like I said, that at the beginning, that practical, kind of functional insight into an actual nutrition business that's, you know, gone from part-time to full-time, continuing to add things in, you're now scaling to online offerings, you know, it's a really good snapshot of a business that is like, um, you know, really, really growing over time. So thank you for being so open and sharing, like, basically all of your business offerings. I really, really appreciate it. (laughs) You're very welcome. My pleasure. So if people want to follow along with you, um, check you out, or maybe hire you for a corporate wellness workshop, why don't you tell us where they can find you um, online and, yeah, how to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, my website, Jessica Pikush Nutrition, can be found at jessicapikush.com. That's P-E-C-U-S-H. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is at Jess underscore Pikush, P-E-C-U-S-H underscore nutrition. You can also find me on Facebook. My business page is Jessica Pikesh Nutrition. I also have a closed Facebook group um, for those wanting to ask questions or, you know, I share more in-depth articles related to gut health, different content than my regular Facebook uh, business page. But that is called the Jessica Pikesh Nutrition Community on Facebook. And yes, those are the main ways in which you can get in touch with me. Sounds good. And I'll make sure everyone gets linked to that. I'll also make sure they get linked to Academy of Culinary Nutrition, Holistic Nutrition Hub, and That Clean Life, because I know you're a fan Wonderful. of all three. For so sure. make sure that we've got linked for everyone. So thank That's you so good. much, Jessica, for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.